What up, you bad MFers? This is Too Big to Fail, the movie podcast where we watch bad movies and we're positive about them because, you know, these movies are fucking great. A lot of people worked on these fantastic movies. They're not shit. They're the best. And I'm with Our Colton. Work goes into everything. We're the truth tellers in this ever-growing sea of uh, podcasters, and this is, our first, this is our second episode. I'm bringing a whole new energy to each and every episode. This one's a little angry. For real, I like this. It's a little angry, like but this. I'm positive. I'm angry positive. I'm like Jocko Wilnick. You don't know who that is, uh, Colton, but you'd hate that guy. Of course, I do. I do not know who that is. Uh, I'm not up on things. I don't. Uh, I don't stream on Twitch. Uh, I don't play Fortnite. But you love and, your fucking uh, mom because she's a gorgeous fucking queen. I do love. I do love my mommy. Uh, she's a queen. All right, now I'm turning. I'm toning it down so we can get actually into the uh, episode. All right, I hear you cranking it down. All right, I'm Colton. <laughs> This is uh, uh, again. This is too big to bail. The movie-centric podcast about positive po- positivity. You know, positivity in the face of great adversity. Yeah. Um. How are we spelling this? The title for this? We never talked about it. Are we going numbers? Too big to fail. Um. It's too big to bail. Too big to bail. Gosh, I know. I I know that. Um. We can do numbers, or we can do. Two two or two. What what's catchier? Too big to bail. Mm. Well, by now I like too big to bail because a lot of you see a lot of movies using the two like that. Yeah, too big to bail that way, and that way we don't ever accidentally use the wrong two. And it and it is second. It is our second podcast together, so it does. That's uh, true, and it's second to none. Second to none. So, um, this week I uh, when we spun your wheel for me. Uh, I got the holiday class. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna refrain from using <laughs> such broad terms. Um, the the holiday movie. No, you know what? it's a Christmas movie. Christmas with the cranks. <laughs> it is. That's exactly. Uh, it is a holiday movie. It is a Christmas movie. And uh, and just right off the bat, I want to say. I saw this in theaters and haven't seen it since, Um, but I remember really being quite okay with it in theaters. Uh, It came out in, let's see, 2004, Um, and so did you know this? It's actually based on a 2001 novel called Skipping Christmas by John Grisham. Hmm. John Grisham, uh, famous for his like political and spy novels he wrote he's he took a break from doing all that and said you know what i'm gonna write about that time i tried to skip christmas uh and and if if the uh tim allen character is based on john grisham seems like a real cool dude yeah like the coolest guy you know he doesn't honestly definitely not like (laughs) provocative and mean spirited yeah um, so it was, uh, the movie was directed by Joe Roth, uh, and written and produced by Chris Columbus. Oh, uh, wow. This movie had, yeah. this movie had a lot behind Had it. some power players yeah, going. Yeah, man, they got Tim Allen and Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis to star. So, in yeah, it stars, uh, Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis. Dan Aykroyd, uh, has a pretty strong supporting role. Uh, and some other folks pop up that we'll, we'll talk about as, as I get into the plot here. Um, it's... <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> Where do you want to start? 
where do I want to talk start? about? What's your first positive of the movie, or do you want to go by plot? You know, I, I was thinking we should come up with a term for our positives. Um, Lingos, I was thinking Lingos, maybe Lingos. Uh, uh, saving graces, maybe. The sure. movie ha- we have to find three saving graces. We should find a we should find a new like instead of saving graces we we should come up with a new one like saving On something else like saving heart or saving three save saving silvermans saving silvermans that's good okay the saving silvermans of this movie my three saving silvermans um so my let me pull up my notes here the saving silvermans uh, for me I don't think come in until pretty pretty deep in the paint. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. My my saving Silvermans aren't until pretty deep in the movie. Right. Uh, so I guess we can get into the plot here. So after, uh, the couple Luther and Nora Crank, played by Tim Allen and Jimmy Lee Curtis, respectively, um, their daughter Blair is departing to uh join the Peace Corps. For an assignment in Peru. How old is Blair? Uh, Do you remember? She's like in her late twenties. It's She's unclear. An She's an adult. She's an adult. She has gone to college and might She's a be doctor. a doctor. Okay. I think she's a doctor. Yeah. I I think she might be a doctor. She does still call uh, Tim Allen daddy, which bothers me a lot. Um. But you know, it makes him weak. He caves in every time she calls him daddy. Uh, and so she is leaving. The day after Thanksgiving, um, and so emptiness syndrome is, is setting in pretty hard for Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis, or as I will call them from now on, Luther and Nora. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luther and it's interesting that emptiness syndrome is just now setting in because presumably their daughter has been at college for eight years. Yes. So the fact that she is just leaving to do the Peace Corps for a little while doesn't seem like Maybe enough she went to, to me. A college in the city or something because they do live in a suburb. Oh, they do live there. Yeah, they live in uh, Riverside, Illinois, an offshoot of Chicago. Yeah. Um. So yeah, maybe she did, but at the same time, I you know what? Fine, fine. That's fine. That I can get into that. So uh. They're getting ready to kind of, you know, lean into the holiday season. Christmas is coming soon. They gotta. They they always go pretty ham on Christmas. They're the Christmas. Um, Jamie or Nora is even even owns a, a Christmas vest that she doesn't take off for the entirety of the Christmas season, based on how she only has one. Um, where's my vest? Where's my vest? It's um. It's rough. Uh, Luther, I think, works at a bank. Um, sure. Who cares? A high-rise office job in the city. Yeah, it's sure. like an office job, but it, it seems like it has something to do with money. Yeah, it's like a financial job. Uh, because he is sitting at work running numbers all day. Uh, he's running his own numbers, and nobody seems to think second, like give it a second glance, because maybe that is something he does all day. So. While running his numbers, he calculates that the, his family spends $6,132 every year on Christmas. And 
he's not looking forward to doing Christmas without his daughter, you know? And mm-hmm. and Jamie Lee Cur- or Nora is also kind of feeling that, like, emptiness of, like, it's just not going to be the same. Uh, but they are still planning on basically spending that amount of money, even if the daughter's not there. So, uh, Luther... Oh, I forgot. There is, there is a scene right after they drop uh, the daughter, Blair, off at the airport where they need to get some supplies for baking for whatever yeah. uh where tim or luther is clearly fed up with the weather like it's cold it's raining and uh he just is stepping in puddles left and right there's a santa claus who's out pretty early in the year trying to sell santa claus umbrellas and in, and tim allen's like no nah, i don't i'm already wet i don't i'm not gonna buy an umbrella uh which it turns out he was selling them. I thought when we f- when we first watched, I thought he was trying to give them away. Um, but you know, finally, like a roof collapses and drops an obscene amount of water onto Tim Allen, and he just like he's had enough, and so he does his he does he has like a euphoric moment where he sees an advertisement for a carnival cruise and is like, hey, that's what's up. Uh, and so that's when he runs the numbers and realizes that uh, he could spend about half that on going on a cruise without their daughter and skipping Christmas altogether. Uh, and so he suggests that they um, invest the money that they usually spend on decorations, gifts, and entertainments to treat themselves to a 10-day Caribbean cruise. Uh, and and Nora is is pretty on board as long as they still make their charitable donations that they do annually uh, and Luther insists that they completely boycott the holiday um but I think by, he kind of ca- he boycott he totally means boycotting the holiday he's like he won't even say Christmas no. if people um. He, he, uh, Nora agrees to this as long as they can like make their donations. Uh, but he he pretty much like he writes like a professional letter up and and gives it to everyone at his work that says that he's skipping Christmas and that he doesn't hand, you know he, he fucking do- types it up and hand delivers it to every employee. yeah he hand delivers it in a very serious way. Uh, and it's basically, he's like, I'm not participating in Christmas. Like you, if you say Merry Christmas to me, it's fine. I'm not going to, you know, yell at you, but I'm not going to any parties. I'm not, uh, I'm not doing any of that bullshit. And, uh, there's a pretty negative reaction almost immediately to, to his announcement of skipping Christmas. People, uh, ostracize him almost immediately. They're, they're, they're treating him like he has uh, rescinded their right to also celebrate Christmas, which is pretty pretty silly, if you ask me. Weird. Uh, but that is, in fact, the conceit of the whole movie, is that everyone is having a very big reaction to the fact that the cranks are it's skipping like Christmas. It's like they killed a child. Yeah, it is. They are. They are treated. You're like they not are. having Christmas. I would. Uh, here's Personal what it, offense it seems was more taken. like. <laughs> it seems like uh, it's treated as if it's like a political sex scandal, and it's like 
insane. The entire neighborhood is a buzz about how the cranks are not doing Christmas. Uh, because apparently ensues. they often they all, all often or every year they do like a Christmas Eve party, which I think sucks. Don't do a party on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I who would go that. to that? I hate, are my you kidding do me? That every year, that sucks. Yeah, spend time with your family. We do, Watch we like have a two, dude. We have two. We have we we have, have two Christmas parties. We have Christmas. We have Christmas Eve at my house, and then we have Christmas Day. We go around noon to my aunt's house, my godmother. Spend a little time there. She's having a Christmas party. Then around four o'clock, we go to my uncle's house and have another Christmas party where he makes even more food. It's so this, annoying. Okay. It's on Christmas. Is this a is this a Christmas party in regard to like is it just family or just is it like family office just people? family? See, that's just family that's and the like extended family. It's like a that's different. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's I, the same shit. There's a lot of people there. Okay, but but this is like yeah, none of their is family yeah, is here. Is it's neighbors. only like neighbors and people they work with. Yeah, like they don't. As far as I can tell, Claire is their or Blair, their daughter, is their last bit of family that they have. It's their last hold hold on to humanity, really. I mean, Luther just uh, yeah. like he goes into a psychotic meltdown after his daughter leaves. Yeah, Luther breaks completely from. Imagine realities. if he was like a really normal person up till this point, where his daughter leaves for Peru. <laughs> but I know that they weren't yeah. because they they go they they based on the reaction they get, these people go so hard at Christmas time that people are like, "Are you kidding? You're not doing it this year?" Like. You know how much you have to like do to be like the Christmas people? God. In the neighborhood full of like what seems like big Christmas people. Yeah, I mean Dan Aykroyd looks like he is he lives the Christmas lifestyle. Dan Aykroyd um is like is like the union boss of this neighborhood. Yeah, he is the union boss. <laughs> yeah. So, um when they announced that they're skipping holidays they kind of spread that around the neighborhood uh everyone is pretty vocal about their objections uh none more than vic fromeyer vic fromeyer played by dan Aykroyd, and his son and his son uh who was uh dewey from malcolm in the middle i don't i i can't tell which one of these actors his, name, his is character's him. name was spike spike yes um I, I I don't know. I, I it's not listed clearly on the thing that I'm looking at, and I I'm not willing to look it up. Uh, so Dewey plays Spike, um, and uh, known character actor M Emmett Walsh. Uh, it plays Walt Shield, who is uh, Tim Allen's arch nemesis in the neighborhood, who is an old guy uh who's just kind of a dick to Tim Allen. I love that actor. Uh, and his that wife actor. has cancer, so everyone so Tim has to kind of be nice to him because of his cancer wife. Um but Walt is uh, is not going to let up with his his commitment to being a, a total dick to Tim Allen. Uh, I have a I have Dewey's name for the his, oh, his name is Eric Per Sullivan. Is he doing okay now? I think he retired from acting. Well, I figured. I mean, most children grow up and decide not to do yeah, he, uh, do more of that. Seems like seems like child actors do not uh, have good lives usually. No. He's a first degree well, black belt. That's rat. Imagine getting your ass whooped by Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle. 
That'd be awesome. Like getting your shit completely rocked, and then you look up, it's like, who did this to me? And it's Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle. That's yeah. cool, man. Um, so Vic uh, Frohmeyer, Dan Aykroyd, uh, is has decided to organize a campaign amongst the neighbors to try and force the cranks to decorate their home for Christmas. Um, so <laughs> it's basically the neighbors are like gathering on the lawn. They're like kind of trapping them in the house. Um, it's oh, not even trapped. They're not trapping. They're making it seem like they're trapped. Right. I guess the, the cranks are acting as though they are trapped when they are just, I mean, they are surrounded. Their house is surrounded by their neighbors <laughs> trying to make them like constantly chanting outside. Like, like it's like a protest, but it's for it is like a protest. They're protesting the fact that they don't want to do they Christmas. They show up every day they're like, at a certain amount of time, and they start yelling, Free Frosty! Free Frosty! Right, right. So that that brings me to my first um, my first uh, saving grit, or my first saving Silverman. Uh, and it is the cult of Frosty in this movie. The cult of Frosty. <laughs> because <laughs> the way that they make it sound is that, like every year... Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis set up their house great and they have this beautiful pristine frosty the frosty the snowman decoration that comes out and they and the neighbors want more than anything for that to be on display um but it's not it's a little more complicated than that because the the neighborhood uh in fact as an entirety has frosties everywhere. everywhere every house every house in the every single house has the same uh incredibly large idol of frosty the snowman and they all look identical and it's it's very culty and it's it, it's kind of like like watching uh people try and break free from scientology yeah. uh and it's just <laughs> the the scientology uh ties in this movie run deep are, run deep. They very, run deep. very deep very deep they're uh yeah so they're trying to escape the cult of frosty and and the cult won't let them yeah and uh it's just i, I feel like it's such a strange move uh, to pick frosty as the guy that you're gonna like base this this whole neighborhood around like we yeah, like they, frosty. They didn't go santa yeah like we like we know they want to be different like oh, everybody has a santa we want frosty they love frosty then, the f- snowman the movie when it they came. love him <laughs> and they basically at, at one point when when uh luther is at work uh they have like surrounded the house again and uh nora who is a homemaker she stays at home all day um she feels threatened I, I feel rightly so because <laughs> because Dan Aykroyd is on her lawn saying, look, we're going to get Frosty. <laughs> we're coming to get Frosty. And look, you don't have to do anything. We'll put them up for you. But we're going to get Frosty. And she's hiding in, in her house like she's like under fire. Um, And so she manages to drive. She, she drives out of the neighborhood she managed to sneak out and go to the mall and, and they, they meet up for drinks at Sullivan's or whatever, uh, an Irish pub in the mall. And that's when um, 
the the hilarious scene of uh tim allen convincing uh his wife to get uh to get a tan before they go on the boat they oh want they God. go to a tanning lounge um and and boy boy does it go does it go gangbusters um oh, yeah because she moment. puts on she puts on her bikini and she's like oh my goodness i didn't ever thought i'd i'd wear one of these <laughs> which is <laughs> What a quaint thought. And then uh, she tries, she gets in the tanning bed um, and is not in there for, for more than 10 seconds before some old nerd just walks in the like, room. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, oh, gee, oh, my I'm God. Sure. It's like a Woody Allen like impersonator. <laughs> He's like literally like a soundboard of like, Whoa. basically goes like, oh, uh, <laughs> And he like start, he he stands in the doorway yeah. like basically having a. And you just see his seizure. huge boner and like his heart's yeah. pounding out of his chest. You can see his little heart yeah, pounding. Yeah, he turns out. into a cartoon <gasps> wolf. <laughs> <and> <laughs> <laughs> he just falls on the floor, convulses. As a massive Curtis stroke. is understandably surprised by this and quickly like bangs her head on on the tanning bed. Is begins bleeding and. And like goes out to the front desk in her bikini is like, "Hey, my head's bleeding. Can you help me?" And then their pastor is is walking by in the mall and walks in and he's like, "Nora Craig, what are you doing?" <laughs> are you and he's do? like staring at her tits and it's just like gross, dude. <laughs> Act like you're a, a a leader of the community, man. <laughs> and he's just like. And so then Tim Allen comes out and he has gotten fully tanned in the five minutes that he was that yeah. this was going down. And uh, he's wearing a Speedo and it's just the cranks in full swimwear on display for the whole mall. And it's a huge scandal, so much so that somebody takes a picture and it makes the front page of the newspaper. Yeah, that these, front page that of these the people are skipping Christmas so much to the fact that they are getting tans. What? What brazen assholes they are. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, so their house is the only house in the neighborhood un- undecorated and unlit. They won't be buying a a tree from the Boy Scouts who take it very harshly. Yeah, take it uh, pretty harsh. Um, well, he was like an asshole about it. He was. Well, yes. Every, first of all, there's not one person in this movie who is not an asshole about them skipping Christmas. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't quite justify uh, the the extent that Luther is committed to. Well, Luther's the no a bigger Christmas asshole, thing. honestly. Yeah, Luther is pretty. He's just like, don't anyone even ask me if I'm doing Christmas this year. How even dare? How dare you? You're right, and it's just it, it, it has um the whole movie has a very big like don't tread on me vibe, and uh, it sucks big time. I don't like that. I don't like the feeling of that. Me neither. Um. Don't trade on me. I mean, he is the last man standing. He truly, he is the last man standing. Um, yeah, this is where you could really start to see the the fun radicalization of Tim Allen. <laughs> he used to be a cool guy that would just like go around doing coke and whatnot. Um, but you know, he got yeah. tooled up. Tooled up. <laughs> so uh, another thing that they won't be doing is. Buying a calendar from the police, uh, who my other um, 
my my second saving silverman is the acting combo of Cheech Marin and Jake Busey as two partner cops who just want uh, Mr. Crank to buy their calendar. Uh, I will note this is not a Christmas calendar. Uh, it is. It's not like it's like a, a sexy like a, fun um, calendar. It's like a it's like a, it's a calendar of, of of sexy cops that is for the the whole year. Yeah, and they buy one every year. And just because they happen to do it at Christmas time. And I can't imagine these calendars are that expensive. I, You know, I, just because it's charity, I imagine $20 tops. Sure. And he's like, no, I will not be doing that. And it seems like that might fall into the charity that he agreed to that they would still do. Um, but, you know, the logic of this of this particular decision can't be traced it's just something to get uh cheech marin and jake Busey in the picture so that they can come back later uh, yeah they, they they go around talking shit to the rest of the neighborhood who's already talking shit about the cranks um and it's just it's just a bummer so they are uh they it gets to the point where they are they are doing a very stand their ground like we're not doing Christmas, um. So they're it's Christmas Eve morning. They are leaving to tonight. They leave for the Miami airport where they're gonna get on. They're gonna get on their dang old cruise and they're gonna enjoy their week in the sun. They're gonna have um, they're gonna have the time of their lives. I would like to point out that. Even in the Bahamas, it is winter. Mm-hmm. Where, where it, as it might not be as cold as, say, Chicago in the winter, it will still be cold. They yeah. do have that there. It's gonna, it's gonna um, be, it's gonna be like the water is gonna be really cold. <laughs> like you're not gonna, you're not gonna spend any time in the water. Yeah, I, I think people don't realize that like once water gets below like 70 degrees, you don't want to be in it. Yeah. Like your body, if it's like, if anything is more than 10 degrees below your body temperature, you're not going to enjoy that. Yeah, it's, um, it sucks. So, so maybe what happens next is a, is a gift in disguise. Uh, because as they're packing, they get a phone call. From their precious baby girl Blair, who has announced that she is in Miami Airport right now, and is in fact has has taken a break from the Peace Corps where she was for a month, uh, and is coming home with her new Peruvian fiance Enrique. Enrique, they met in college, so it wasn't, they met in wasn't college, like the impromptu. And then they went they went abroad to do some charity work for about a month, and then Enrique said, "Enough is enough. Let's I'm get." I'm tired of shitting in holes and uh, dealing with these. Uh, this is all bugs. unspoken. It's not mentioned in the movie, um, but they are leaving. Like I, I don't think when you do. Um, when you do the Peace Corps, I don't believe they send you home at the holidays. No. Um, and even if they if they did that, I don't think that they would let you. I don't think they would say, yeah, come on down for a month and then we'll send you back. And then you come back. And it's like that's a lot of airfare for them to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
anyways, Blair's engaged to Enrique, uh, and she couldn't shut up to Enrique about how big her family's Christmases are. Like, she's like, you've never seen an American Christmas. Well, my family fucks that shit way up. <laughs> they get crazy with it. You, it's, it's, it's scary almost. And Enrique's like, I would love to see that shit. I would love to see a white Christmas. <laughs> and so, um, uh, and so without telling her parents, uh, or anything, she assumes that they are, of course, doing their normal thing and assumes that it's fine that she's coming home. So on, on, uh, I would say less than 12 hours notice. She lets them know that she is on her way up to spend Christmas with How them. How inconsiderate. What an awful person. Yeah. Like, I, I, I hate to Fuck lay your the, plans. the blame on, on Tim Allen again, but you did a bad job raising this oh, yeah. child. The baby. Like, first of all, she's clearly bailing on volunteer work. Uh, second of all, she's being super inconsiderate to you guys. Uh, and just rude, just rude, man. A rude lady. A real rude lady. Uh, and, but Nora can, Nora Crank can see no fault in her child and, and on a moment's notice decides Fuck. that their plan to skip Christmas is now defunct. They will not be skipping Christmas. They must make Christmas special for their baby girl. Their 38-year-old baby child. Their um, big baby. So, yeah, big baby's coming home. Tim Allen is I, is on the other end of the line. And I can tell he just wants to tell her. He just wants to tell his daughter that, like, no, no, no. You could come here maybe, but, like, we're leaving. Like, we're not. But they don't. <laughs> They don't. They miss their one chance. And because they don't tell they, they're not honest in one moment, they now must put on a charade. They must they must uh, uh plan as though they were never going to to skip Christmas. They're rushing around. They 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 must get a tree. They have to get decorated. They have to they have to get her favorite hickory honey ham. And so Tim <laughs> Allen has to go get a tree from the Boy Scouts who hate him. And they're like, hey, here's what we got. And it's basically, uh, it's like a, the Charlie Brown Christmas tree, but worse. It's like dry and shitty. And they're like, here, you can have this. And he's like, cool. And they're like, also, it's going to be four times what it would have cost to get a good one. And it's like, all right. So he buys the shitty tree. And by the time he gets home, it doesn't have any needles on it. So he throws it away. He is now throwing money away. He's doubling his Christmas budget as we speak. And so uh, he convinces his neighbor who is going away for the evening to, to let him borrow his Christmas tree. And then he and Spike, who has been torturing him the whole movie, um, they, they, they're wheeling the tree across the street when my favorite characters Cheech and Busey show up and they're like hey you're stealing a Christmas tree and they arrest him and they say you should have bought a calendar you should have bought a calendar <laughs> beautiful beautiful use of police force um, uh, and then as as this is happening uh, Nora is desperately food shopping she's gotta get that hickory 
ham. It's a canned ham, and there's only one left, and she has a real, real wrestle off with a with a lady who's bigger than her, who who bests her and takes the ham. Um, and then as she's checking out, she sees uh, my 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 third and final saving Silverman of the movie, which is a a fun cameo from Andy Daly as the grocery store ham man mm. and he is check he is checking out in line he has a ham and she says i will buy your ham ham man and ham man says no we're going to eat this ham it is our ham we are the ham man now and and norris says i will pay anything for this ham demonstrating so by bringing out her checkbook and she says they have ham man's wife has a child in her arms and she says you know what i will send your child to college for this ham <laughs> so how much i don't know money? How, how much how, money how much money do these people have and they they're clearly they don't seem to be sweating it and why were they crunching the numbers why were they so why were they so taken aback by the fact that they spent $6,000 on regular Christmas when they're willing to just, you know, toss money away willy nilly. I don't understand these people. Um, I don't, I don't care for them. Uh, I don't know what they are contributing to society as a whole. Anyways. So, uh, let's just say, let's say that Nora pays, $40,000 for this ham conservatively Uh, as she is walking outside the the bag that the ham is in rips it rips right open that's a heavy ham and it rolls into the street where it is pancaked by a drunk dumbstruck driver and uh, it's just gone it's flat it's liquid ham at this point Uh, so so all was for naught uh, <clears throat> needless to say, uh, uh, the decoration, the decor at home is not going well. Um, uh, uh, Luther has has a tree, but it doesn't look anything like their normal tree. And uh, I think, uh, personally, I thought it looked fine. Yeah. Um, Nora is not having it though, and. They are. Uh, I don't. What, what? What? Do you remember what brings them together with the neighbors? Um, I think it was the fact. Oh, because Spike Spike bails Luther out of the police car. Yes, like he tells the police that, like, no, no, here are the we have the keys to the place. We do. We are able. Yeah. We are and they, and they think they all kind of find out that Blair's coming home and they're trying to throw a Christmas party and they all like, all right, let's do it for Blair. Well, I think Spike Spike is is Dan Aykroyd's son. Yes. So I think he gets Dan Aykroyd involved at that point and is like, hey, dad, this is what's up. And Dan Aykroyd is able to rally the entire neighborhood together on Christmas Eve. They're like, guess what? You you guys we're having we're having a party at the cranks. And so everyone in the neighborhood, um, I guess they get together and they, they, they decorate the house. They bring food over. They make it look like a proper Christmas 
thing is happening. They, they they do the lights on the outside. They hoist Frosty. Oh well, well Tim tries to hoist Frosty up on the roof, and then uh, all uh, by him lonesome. All by him lonesome, and 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 Frosty, Frosty no like that. Frosty push him off the roof and uh, and breaks, and and then leaves Tim Allen hanging by his foot. And I think that's actually where Dan Aykroyd gets involved and is like, all right guys, let's rally together, and uh, let's let's fix this up. Uh, he's, he's like Blair's coming home and everyone in this neighborhood loves Blair. And I guess that's true because they do rally together and they do, um, they do turn it into a, uh, party house. Mm-hmm. Um, while, while she is, while Nora is, um, alcohol shopping, she meets, she runs into a guy, an old guy who is just like, I don't know what his deal is. He's, he's a kind creep, of buying. Man. He's a he's a creep. Like he um. He's talking to her like he knows her very well, and she's like going along with it because she's polite. Um. But you know, I got big serial killer vibes yeah, from this guy, sure. and she. Uh, for some reason, tells him about the Christmas party that they're having. And then he's like, he kind of quietly guilts her into inviting him. And then she admits to herself that she has no idea who this man is. Uh, nevertheless, he does show up for the party. Um, and he brings he brings a hickory ham. What what luck. Um, and so uh, officers Cheech and Busey are uh, assigned to not do whatever cop duties they're supposed to do. Because Dan Aykroyd says, you you work for me now, boys. And and they say, no, we're police officers. He's like, I will call your police chief. Right. And and the threat of that is enough uh, for them to be like, well, I guess we do work for him. Um, <laughs> don't call the chief. We haven't cast anybody to play the chief. We didn't cast the chief. We, we couldn't get Bill Murray to play the chief. <laughs> um, so... They are assigned to go pick up Blair, Blair and Enrique from the airport. They uh, have never met Blair. They are not the neighborhood police. They know Tim Allen pretty well, but they they've never met his daughter Blair. Uh, so Tim Allen sends two strangers um, to pick up his daughter and future son-in-law. Uh, that so that happens. But the but the house isn't ready. Are you kidding me? It only looks about about ninety percent Christmas in here. Mm-hmm. So Spike radios him, radios the police as as he is able to do, um, and he says, "You guys, you gotta stall." Um, by now, it seems like surely the movie must be wrapping up. But I, you're wrong if you think that. You're foolish. They are. There's twenty minutes left. Um, so to to stall, the police go on a uh, a fake crime call where they're just kind of shining their flashlights on the street looking for uh, a domestic abuse case that doesn't exist. Uh, but they do witness a burglary. And so Enrique gets to uh, they have uh, Blair and Enrique in the back of the police car. And Enrique, in, on his first visit to America, does get to... Um, witness some police brutality as as the police just whoop on this burglar 
uh, and then put them in the back of the car. I don't know where they sit. I It's not clear because the next time you see them is just at the park. Yeah, where um, does he sit? Just next to them, I guess. So... Re that is so weird. That's a good... like Because they kind of just like cut to the party, but... Yeah. Would they really put a, a guy like that next to... I guess he's handcuffed. I guess. So, the party's happening. The ruse is working. Blair be Blair believes that they were going to have Christmas the whole time. Um... <clears throat> <laughs> and then um the 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 man from the liquor store we find out no uh, uh Tim Allen also doesn't recognize him and and proceeds to ask everyone at the party who this guy is. Uh his name is Walt, I think, right? Yeah. No, I think yeah, it, it, Walt sounds right. Maybe it's Walt. Uh I'm going to call him Walt. Uh, it's Marty. Marty, it's Marty. Marty. Okay, his name is Marty. Uh, and he introduces himself to Enrique. He doesn't introduce himself to Blair because he seems to already know Blair. Uh, but he, he speaks Spanish uh, fluently. So Enrique wants to talk to him. Uh, so he hits it off with Enrique. He's kind of becoming like a, a hidden gem of the party. He's He's, you know... He's a real, uh, a real great guy. I don't know. Everyone loves it. He's singing the, the cops bust out guitars. Uh, he and Enrique are singing. Dan Aykroyd is bringing in his, his, uh, his accordion. Oh, what a party this is. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, Spike sees the criminal in the car and the criminal is like hey i'm freezing here my kids i was doing it for them and spike's like i am a i am a kid and so spike frees the burglar uh <clears throat> because he also has keys to the handcuffs i spike is spike is dangerous he's a dangerous kid he has access to a lot of stuff yeah spike spike can just like take this whole neighborhood down if he wanted to um, anyways, uh, so the burglar goes about burgling. Shocker. Burgle, burgle. Burgle, burgle, as they say. And, uh, Tim Al, they give a, there's toasts are happening and, and, and Nora is thanking everyone for, for all the help pulling together the holidays and thank you. And Tim Allen is a very curt and says, yeah, yeah, me too. And so Tim is clearly feeling it. And he's like, I really wish I, he, he doesn't care about any of this. He wishes he was on his boat. And, uh, and so he, he, his wife says, you know what? Why you, you. She, she had, they have a, they have a, a conversation where the wife is like, you know what? Fuck you, Tim Allen. These people all helped us on Christmas Eve. They gave it up, and the least you could do is say thank you proper. And he's like, I don't even want to. I want to be on my boat. And it's so, not too late. It's not too late to go back. Yeah, he says it's not too late. Like we just give, we just let Claire stay in the house, and we and, and we uh, or Blair, 
we let Blair stay in the house and we just go. We go on the planned trip. And uh, she's like, and she, she rephrases, fuck you, Tim Allen. <laughs> and so Tim Allen How is walking you. in the streets, the snow-filled streets, and he sees that um, Walt, who is his neighbor in Nemesis, is sitting at home with his wife, who later earlier in the movie we found out uh, the cancer has, has ceased remission and started coming back. Um, and so he's sitting at home with his wife. They're clearly about to have a meal. A nice, uh, lovely Tim. little quiet m- meal. Yeah. Like, it, it was made clear that this is probably her last Christmas. Uh, and so Tim Allen bravely goes and interrupts their meal. And uh, and says, Walt, why aren't you at my party? Walt, what's going on? Why aren't you here at my party? He's like, oh, you know, she, um, my wife wasn't feeling too good. And we, it started snowing. And it started snowing. And you know, we can't walk that far. Yeah. You, it's, it's just it's literally directly across the street, but they can't make it. Um, I think it was just an excuse because Walt doesn't like Tim Allen. Rightly so. Uh, and he wanted to enjoy his last Christmas Eve with his wife. Um, and so Tim Allen is like, uh, all right, Merry Christmas. Uh, I hope we can squash our beef someday. Uh, and then what is he? He he walks away and then stands in the street again, looks at the party, looks back at the at Walt and his wife. And then he's like, ah, you know what? And then he goes back and interrupts their meal again. And Walt's like, really, Tim, what do you want, my man? And he's like, look, I want to give this to you. And he gives him he gives him the tickets to the to the cruise, the cruise that he's not going to take. And he, he says, look, this is your last Christmas. You guys go and you have a good time. And they um, they make up a lot of excuses because I don't think they want to do this. Uh, the <laughs> They're like, yeah, you know, our son said he was going to come by tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we have a cat. And Tim Allen's like, fuck your son. I'll take care of your cat. And uh, you know what part you missed? You missed the Christmas carolers part. Oh, yeah. There's a Christmas carolers bit. It sucks. (laughs) It's part of the it's part of the um, part of the neighborhood protest is that uh, Walt uh Walt convinces Christmas carolers to surround the Cranks household and uh, harass them. And that's, and that's, that happens and twice. And then Tim Allen freezes his lawn. Oh, yeah. Tim Allen freezes his lawn. And with causes and he also, a huge lawsuit. He, <laughs> he also freezes a cat. He, My he, God, he, he kills a cat, cat pretty much. I mean, the cat lives, but in, in real life, that cat the would cat be dead. The cat lives. Yeah. You could tell it's alive because it's CGI eyes uh, blink. Blink. And you can hear it go, meow, meow. Anyways, so Walt and his wife uh, take the cruise and then uh, I guess immediately call Nora. And Nora's like, oh, that's so sweet, that man of mine. And then she forgives uh, Tim Allen for being a huge dickhead. And then um, she's like, well, maybe we could skip Christmas next year. And and Tim Allen raises his eyebrows as if to say, and, but he doesn't. He doesn't say, um, and then we zoom out of the neighborhood and we see that one of the Frosties on the roof has come to life and is waving at us. Oh, you know what? I forgot. Yeah, you forgot. Um, uh, you forgot. I forgot a bit. Uh, the burglar uh, is, is thwarted by um, 
Marty, who is revealed to be the man selling Christmas Santa Claus umbrellas at the beginning. And he, he stops him with an umbrella and he says, I told you you needed an umbrella. And, uh, and we all have a big hearty laugh. And, uh, and then, and then he's like, all right, I'm going to head out of here. He gets in his, he drives off in his VW beetle. (laughs) And then as we zoom out of the neighborhood, Frosty the snowman waves at us. And then a VW beetle rises from the ground, like back to the future and flies (laughs) off as, flies off as reindeer are pulling it, revealing that Marty was in fact Santa Claus the whole time. And uh, and then the movie ends, and we are mercifully allowed to move on. Yeah. Uh, so I, I will say it was very weird um, watching a Christmas movie in the dead of summer. Yeah. <laughs> it's so incredibly hot outside. Like, it's like 106 degrees right now, and I'm watching snowy Chicago. And I'm like, I can't relate. Cannot. Uh, so once again, my uh, saving Silvermans were uh, the Cult of Frosty, uh, Officer Cheech and Busey, and uh, Andy Daly as Grocery Store Ham Man. This movie was uh, it was it was, it was it was a lot to get through. A Christmas with the Cranks. Truly a Christmas. Uh, but I did get through it, and. Through it. Uh, yeah. And you know more power to me. Yeah. So the uh, second movie we uh, watched was uh, we watched from my wheel, huh? The one from my from wheel. the one from your wheel. We spent it last week was Best Friends, starring Tommy Wiseau, Greg Sestero, and those are the big. The, the, it was the those room the crew. Two. It was the room crew. It was the room guys. Yeah. Uh, it, I did a little research, uh, not directed by Tommy Wiseau, but written by Greg Sisteros. This movie, man, I we couldn't, I couldn't get through it, man. We got like an yeah, hour in. It's, it's it was our first bail. It was really long. It's only, it's an hour and forty eight minutes, but it felt long. Like the whole Tommy Wiseau quirky little bits and stuff is funny for a little bit, but then to me, it just like. It, it, it lingers. It, it, it doesn't change at any point. No. It's like always he is like that. He does not become a better actor at any point. Now, this is the this is the little bio on IMDb for the movie. When a drifter yeah. befriends a quirky mortician, an unlikely business partnership is formed. Paranoia soon develops. However, and however, and both men are forced to come to terms with the fragility of friendship and loyalty. Directed by mm-hmm. Justin McGregor. 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 So what? Um, you bailed at about a little bit. I think an hour. A little bit below yeah. the hour. Uh, mark. Yeah, the hour mark. Uh, what? What did it for you? What? What was the straw that broke this camel's? Back? It was just like, like you know, like we like these strange movies, like billion. Uh, sure, I love. I love a good movie with a weird. Yeah, energy. like a Greasy Strangler, and this definitely had that. Mandy, those type of flicks, where like the dialogue and scenes is not, uh, not the norm. It it, it kind of like it goes on like way too long. It's kind of uncomfortable. Of the conversation seems off. Yeah, and this movie, like it, it, it does that. Like, but really bad. Like, Tommy Wiseau really like he's obviously going off script all the time. Greg Sestero's like dumb face is just staring at him half the time. 
it feels like i would say it was loose to a point where where it felt like um there was no structure yeah like the bones weren't even there no and like their relationship was weird the greg sistero's character was like a drifter i mean like he had like a bloody shirt on like the first 10 minutes of the movie he wasn't a drifter he was in the same place that he grew up he was just homeless in well i mean in the tagline they call him a drifter he's not drifting (laughs) you're right you're right to be a drifter you have to leave sometimes yeah he was like an iraq jack type he's a real a real iraq jack type. yeah for sure and the whole plot of the movie just seems really sh- like stupid like they're taking gold teeth from dead bodies and selling them and like they're acting like it's this big criminal enterprise when it's i feel like i think it might be but like Who's who's looking into the selling of gold teeth? All you gotta do is melt it, and it's, you can't even find it anymore. You can't even tell if it, what right, it was. Right, but somebody, but they don't. They didn't have the means to melt it. They were just trying to wholesale sell the teeth, which they had. I mean, he's a, a mortician. You would think he would have an oven or something, like a, a human right. oven to do cremations or something. Don't know, man. It's strange. But, uh, I, I hated it. I hated it all. I kept watching a little bit after after you bailed. Um, and there is a Breaking Bad esque montage of them selling the teeth to various like characters around uh, the L A area. Man, I uh... I didn't finish it because the internet went out and I couldn't finish it, uh, but I would have. So 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 you bailed, mm-hmm. um, which means that I now have a skip. Yes, in my corner. And I, I came up with a new thing that I, I wanted to run by you. Um, if 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 I if you or I either of us gather up five skips, could we uh, cash it in for the removal of something from the punishment wheel? Yes. Okay, that's wonderful because you you had to spin the punishment wheel for the first time this week. Yes. And I I will say it was not kind to you. To me either, because I, I I feel I feel weird that I also had to to experience the punishment. But you had to you had to watch. You this had to. It's a see. real group effort. Yeah. So I spend the punishment wheel, and we got and I and I got caveman TV series. The, the TV the sitcom Caveman from uh, 2007, uh, based off of the the quirky Geico caveman commercials. I would love to know. I couldn't find the story of how this came together, but it is basically just the idea that those commercials were so popular that they they thought they could truly make a successful television program out of the idea that cavemen still existed. Yes, and uh, Caveman was an American sitcom that aired on ABC from October 2nd to November 13th, 2007. My birthday. The show was created by Joe Lawson and set in San Diego, California, based on the Geico Caveman commercials, which were also written by Lawson. The show was described by the network as a, a unique buddy comedy that offers a clever twist on stereotypes and turns race relations on its head. <laughs> that no, is for sure. No spooky. We only watched we only watched the one episode, but would you say it turned race relations on its head? No, but it was trying to. 
<laughs> they were they were playing up the uh, the race thing a lot. Uh, they were doing it while not having a single black character or character of any any color other than white. Um, but it was basically white guys in caveman makeup talking about racial oppression. Yes. And Ufa Dufa. Yeah. The plot for it's the first episode the plot for the first episode is Joel, Andy, and Nick, those are the cavemen, are invited to a private barbecue with which Kate's parents are having. Joel attempts to get Kate's father's blessing for, for him and Kate to marry. That is a synopsis of the of the of the episode. Um Fred Fred Savage directed one of one of these episodes. Which one? Just don't know. I'm looking at all the oh, directors, sure. I don't see him. Oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. He's at the bottom. Oh, so I think his his episode was not aired. There were 15 episodes. There's 13 episodes, six were aired. <laughs> there. All right, so as punishment, you had to watch this, and I had to watch it too. I don't know why. Um, but as punishment, I think you need to pick out three things uh, within this that, that are saving grace for the pilot of caveman all right before i do that uh, i found some more information all 13 episodes were originally supposed to be released on dvd in 2008 however plans were put on hold i wonder why uh so i think one my first my first uh saving silverman was uh it was it is nick uh nick kroll Nick Kroll plays Nick the Caveman. Nick the Caveman. It was a lazy Nick Kroll effort, but it was that, that's how Nick Kroll rolls when he uh, doesn't want to be there. Uh, it's arguably the same character that he plays in um, in the league, but just in caveman. Just in caveman <laughs> makeup, yeah. Um, and the the whole the whole race thing was so weird because like on the news they'll be watching the news and there was like another caveman was spotted doing this and they're like, oh, why does it have to be a caveman? Right. It's um it's pretty clear like that they the there is um they replace like racial stereotypes that are often associated with people of color uh and they just like now that's about cavemen. Yeah. And it's rough, man. Very rough. They have like a they have like a caveman version of the N word too. Oh, oh, what was it? Neanderthals? Natties? No, no. Was it Natties? It was uh, uh it was, it was uh, gosh, I'm hesitant to even say it in case any cavemen are listening. Can you spell it? Uh, it's M A G G E R S, <laughs> as in Cro Mag. <laughs> awful uh, <laughs> oh some great writing some great hollywood writing oh man so the guy who created this is is the man behind the commercials um, he's he's done commercials but he's had some bigger hits as well uh it's it's josh gordon right? jo- joe lawson uh joe lawson all right well one of the writers, oh man he wrote it. Oh, he wrote a couple Will episodes Speck, of. Uh... Who, wrote, who directed the Switch, Office Christmas Party, and Blades of Glory? Yeah, but he also wrote a uh, wrote some episodes for BoJack Horseman and Modern Family. Interesting. Yeah, I mean these are not unsuccessful people. Like this didn't 
this didn't ruin it ruined the main guy the billy bill english i don't think he ever did anything after this you think yeah i'm looking at it right now uh yeah it looks like he's had a tough time yeah this killed his career everybody else though i think was (laughs) all right everyone else seems to be doing okay um now Eric, this is a this is an ABC sitcom, so this is Disney property. This is Disney would property. You, would you like to see the uh, more of a a, a large uh, caveman presence in the Disney parks? Yeah, I mean, why not? Create some caveman zones, some cave zones, some caveman walk around characters. You get to take a picture with the caveman. Nick the caveman. <laughs> Nick the caveman from 2007's Caveman. Oh my gosh! They should honestly. They should. They should have replaced the great movie ride with the gate, the great caveman adventure. They should have, yeah. Uh, my second uh, saving Silverman, I, it was shot well. I thought, uh, you know, it's uh, I, I like that single camera setup. You know, they chose good locations. Um, it looked. It has the ABC. Yeah. To it. Like the way that like um, they put a lot of money into it. You can tell they put some cash into it. It was shot like the same way like Desperate Housewives and Lost was shot. Yeah. Definitely had a specific style for that network uh it did uh there was a scene with that involved horseshoes where nick the caveman extended horseshoe yeah uh, nick the caveman ran a ran a hustle on these uh on these old white guys at the at the at the barbecue and except he did it he failed yeah he failed to run a hustle he it seemed like he was running a hustle until like the main character walks away for a minute and then he comes back and is like, hey, I messed my hustle up and now I owe them $300. Yep. And uh, there's a lot of licensed music in this first. Uh, there is there is like 20 needle drops in this. Yeah. It's, it's honestly like an episode of the Umbrella Academy. It's insane how many songs they paid for. Yeah. I can't get down with that. You can't? You don't like uh, hard needle drops in, in sitcoms? Not when it's done excessively. Hmm. Maybe if they had one, I'd be okay with it. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that was a nice little moment. Yeah, like maybe one one per episode. One per episode I'm okay with. Or like even then, uh, that then I'll be like, oh, where's the needle drop this episode? <laughs> <laughs> You're waiting for the drop. Just waiting for the drop. What needle, what, what, what are we going to play this time? Um, And I, I'd say that the hor- that, that horseshoe game, well, that, was, that, that horseshoe scene was. That was a highlight. For that me. was a highlight for me, yeah. What, what did it for you about the horseshoes? You know, I've never seen anybody try to make horseshoes look cool, so. And in the pilot, no less. In the pilot, they really went there. They didn't choose anything. They didn't try to choose anything cooler. I imagine if they did cornhole. That wasn't popular yet. I know, but it, yeah, I, you know. If they, right. if, they, if they made this today, it would definitely be cornhole. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I'm not being punished here, although it feels like I am because I had to watch this. Um but I will pick. I'm. I, I will pick a shining. A, a shining moment for me was uh, seeing the the brother caveman. Uh, they all live together, uh, uh, despite one of them being engaged uh, and not living with his fiance. Working at IKEA. They're working at an IKEA standard. But uh, the 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 older brother who is or who is like this big, legitimately dumb caveman. Um, he. He, they have to go to the party, and it's a cowboy party, so they have to dress like cowboys. And he wears this the flyest pink cowboy outfit I have ever seen, and he rocks that shit, man. And I say that's a shining light. Wait, good on you, style icon. 
and uh, that's that's uh, all that's all the good things I could pick out of this. Um, so, with this, I would say um, Caveman is not off the punishment wheel. No, because there's 16 episodes. I mean, there's six episodes. I don't think we could find anything after episode six. Don't know. I. So they're all they're all on IMDb, which means they do exist somewhere. I, I, all right. I mean, I mean, we have we have, we'll have to but get I past episode what, six, Stephen. Honestly, if we spin this on the wheel more than six times, I will have to intervene. Because, uh, <laughs> I think the wheel, the wheel is is broken. The wheel is broken. Point. Yeah. You know. Uh. So. Rough, rough week for us. Uh, oh, it's worth noting that the uh, the movie that you bailed on also a Christmas movie. Yeah, kind of. yeah, that was a undercover Christmas it takes movie. Takes place around Christmas. Yeah. So uh, Christmas theme week. Christmas in July situation. Although it's not July anymore, it is hot. Yeah. Christmas and hot. Hot weather. So, yeah. uh, do you want to spin spin our wheels for next week? Yeah. So I think you should spin your wheel first, since I spin my wheel okay, first last I week. Because I, uh, I made. Yeah, we're watching your movie first this week. Yeah. All right. Spinning now. Here we go. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what is it? Well, in keeping with this week's theme. We will be watching Christmas Vacation uh, 2, uh, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. Why? Why? Uh, that movie sucks. Oh, oh. Why did I put? So, why do we put so many Christmas movies I, on? Here? I think I have one more Christmas movie on here, but oh, man. I don't. I know. Actually, I don't. Have, I do have one cr- more Christmas movie on here. Yes, I do. One more Christmas movie. All right. Well, go ahead and spin your wheel. Maybe we'll get your Christmas movie as well. All right. Yeah, it is spinning. It is slowing down. Ugh. Movie 43. No. No. Oh, God. Oh, no. You know what? I'm using my skip. I'm using my skip right now. I know that that doesn't mean that the movie is taken off the wheel, but it pushes it back. I don't want to watch that this week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll spin <it> again. <gasps> I've lost every advantage. Here we go. Are you going to add a spinning noise to these recordings? I am. Um, I, I, I should. Yeah, I should. It's yeah. stopping. The wheel of Fortune wheel. Welcome to Mooseport. Okay. Okay. That's, you know what? That's pretty much Christmas with the Cranks, so I can deal with that. <laughs> Welcome to Mooseport. Welcome to Mooseport is. I've uh, seen Welcome to Mooseport. Too. It's been over 10 yep. years since I've seen it. <laughs> it's um, been a long time. It's been a while. Uh, but you got Ray Romano, Gene Hackman, the, fa- the you know, a one-two punch you couldn't you couldn't have thought of in a million years. The fate of Mooseport so, is rest, rested on their hands. So this week, if you're watching along with us, and you know, don't you don't have to do that. Um, we'll be watching Christmas Vacation Two, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure, and Welcome to Mooseport. Thanks for joining us. 
yeah thanks for listening everybody will you if you could please leave us uh, a review on itunes and like and like this podcast that'd be appreciated uh we'll be back uh next week for christmas vacation two and welcome to mooseport